As we turn to Scripture, I invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. Open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Spirit, O God, that as the Scriptures are read and your Word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our Scripture reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 65. Let's listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust." They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Around 12 weeks ago, we moved our youngest daughter, Ella, out of the house and off to Athens for college. When this happened the first time with my older daughter, Anna, I didn't handle it well. And I was fully prepared not to handle it well the second time either. But the truth is I didn't have much time to handle it badly because a week after we moved Ella out of the house, we moved ourselves out of the house. We sold the house that we had been in for 14 years, and I came up here to Hickory, and my wife Emily, she settled in with a friend until she could find her way up here. So I've spent the last 10 weeks in a rental with my dog, Mo. Emily's in Atlanta. The daughters are in Athens. And it's all good. It is all good. But can I be honest with you all for just a minute? I do feel like I've lost something in all of this. I've lost that sense of place, that sense of home. Of course, I'm finding a new home here slowly but surely, and that's one of your great gifts to me and Mo and soon the rest of my family, to make us feel at home here. We all need that sense of place, that sense of home, and making a home for someone, making space for someone, welcoming someone home, there may be no holier gift than that. So thank you all for giving that gift to me and my family. Home is where you hang your hat. Home is where the heart is. Frederick Buechner writes this about home. 
We lie in our beds in the dark. There's a picture of the children on the bureau. A patch of moonlight catches our clothes thrown over the back of the chair. We're surrounded by the reassurance of the familiar. When the weather's bad, we have shelter. When things are bad in our lives, we have a place where we can retreat to lick our wounds. Yet we are homeless even so, in the sense of having homes but not really being at home in them. To be really at home is to be really at peace. And there can be no real peace for any of us until there is some measure of real peace for all of us. The scripture reading from Isaiah has sometimes been called God's dream for the world. And I think that dream is really all about home, a new heaven and a new earth, no more weeping or cries of distress, no infant mortality or premature death, no war or invasion or brutality. People build houses and get to live in them. That means other folks don't come along and take their houses. People plant crops and get to eat their fruit. In other words, folks don't come along and take their crops. Children are not born in poverty or calamity. God hears and answers before the words are even formed on our lips. The wolf and the lamb feed together no one hurts or destroys anymore. That's God's dream for all creation, that everyone and everything might find its way home. It's an amazing, amazing dream, an amazing text. And I see it as both a promise and a challenge. First, the promise. Our home will be with God. No matter how lost we get, no matter how far we wander, no, ma no matter how frantically we run from God, God will bring us home. God is creating a new heaven and a new earth, and God insists we join in the party. And like the father in the story of the prodigal son, scanning the horizon, watching and waiting for his prodigal to return, so God will not rest until all of us have found our way home. And I do want you to notice that the dream is not just about us. It does have cosmic dimensions, a new heaven and a new earth. It includes the wolf and the lamb, the lion, and even the serpent. God is not content simply to create a home for God's human creatures. God wants to make a home for the whole creation, everyone and everything. And that includes cheetahs and falcons and termites and herons and wildebeests and chimpanzees and dogs and cats and horses. Anyone want to shout out another one? What am I leaving out? What? Okay, roaches, I suppose. I Notice I didn't say spiders. There's a line here. We can't... Beavers, elephants, cows, beetles, everyone. As we all know, home is not home if someone is missing. God wants all of us, all creation in this new heaven and new earth, this home that God is creating. Our home will be with God. That's the promise, and there is no greater promise than that. But there's also a challenge here. God wants to make a home with us, and that means we have to make a home for God. And that, that can be challenging, because if we make a home for God in our lives, God is going to change us. 
God is not like a tidy house guest who tries to stay out of the way and not be a bother. No, God is the worst kind of house guest, moving furniture around and repainting the kitchen and blowing out walls and tearing up floors. God is into extreme home makeovers and grand designs. If we make a home for God in our lives, God will change us. And the same is true for our churches. If our churches want to make a home for God, that means we have to make a home for other people, and not just the ones we might choose, but all people, saint or sinner, young or old, rich or poor, no matter how they look or how they vote or how they love. God invites everyone into this house And we're called to do the same, to make this a house of prayer for all people. That doesn't mean people won't change. As we said, God is into extreme home makeovers, but everyone is invited, and there is room for everyone here. God has a dream for the world, a dream that it will be a home for all people and all creation. And while God is constantly at work bringing that dream into reality, God makes use of our hands and our feet, our voices and our resources. With every step that we take, with every decision we make, no matter how trivial it may seem, we can bring God's dream nearer to reality. Now, it's easy to become overwhelmed by the the weight of that call. But I do think we can start small. I love this meditation called Small Kindnesses. I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull in their legs to let you by. Or how strangers still say, bless you, when someone sneezes. That's a leftover from the bubonic plague. Don't die, we are saying. And sometimes when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone else will help you to pick them up. Mostly, we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handing it to us, to smile at them and for them to smile back, for the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of soup, and for the driver in the red pickup to let us pass. We have so little of each other now, so far from tribe and fire, only these brief moments of exchange. What if they are the true dwelling of the holy, these fleeting temples we make together when we say, here, have my seat. Go ahead, you first. I like your hat. No doubt there is great and good and important work to do, but maybe it's also the small, everyday acts of kindness and love that create dwellings for the holy. And that's work we can all be about. Of course, there is another thing we can do to bring God's dream closer to reality, and that's to give generously. You knew I would get here eventually. Today is Pledge Sunday the day we ask everyone to make a commitment to the mission and ministry of First Presbyterian Church. And yes, FPC, this congregation, we need you. We've all been through a harrowing few years, and FPC is no exception. 
But now we have this wonderful opportunity to start rebuilding and restoring and renewing, establishing new friendships, uh, stitching relationships back together, creating new traditions, new moments of transformation and joy. There is fresh goodness here in this place. There's plenty of light if we will look for it. Love makes a home here. We may not be perfect, but we've got good bones. And so this congregation needs all of us to share our money and time and talents and passions to continue nurturing this place that has nurtured us. Yes, FPC needs you, but the world needs FPC. The world needs the gifts we can bring the gifts that are made possible from your generosity. We are called to play our small but vital role in the holy work of welcoming people home, doing our part to bring God's dream nearer. So we hope you will contribute to that work and that dream. Our home will be with God. That's the promise. God wants to make a home with us right now. That, that is the challenge. There is a loving reality whose deepest longing is that each of us, wherever we find ourselves, will come home. There is a place at the table for each of us, a place of welcome and healing and forgiveness. And after we have made our way home, after we have found ourselves grounded once again in the love that will not let us go, we are invited to invite others to find their home in God. We are invited to share the blessing. Only then can God's dream become a reality. May it be so for you and for me and for all creation. Thanks be to God. Amen.